Thanks for watching this episode of Turning to Him. I invite you to just take a few seconds right now at the beginning and subscribe to this channel so that you can get more videos like this in your feed. Thanks again. Hello, everybody. My name is Zach Batty, and this is Turning to Him. Uh, you may recognize the face next to me. Uh, this is Xavier Compton coming back for a second interview. Xavier, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Good. It's It's been a while since we spoke. It's been about six months. Yeah, six months. Yeah. What has life been up to for you? Okay. I think, I think it was November when we last spoke. Not sure if I told you about the class I was going to be teaching at Institute then. Or if that was even a thing. No. Okay. So just like a quick review. Six months ago, you were a relatively new member of the church. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and let's see, you were in school uh, working towards your degree. Yes. And um, and that that's kind of where we were at. Yeah. So fill us in. I'll give you a I'll give you a brief timeline of what's happened in um last six months and we can talk about each individual thing. Perfect. I love it. In September I was baptized, uh, um confirmed, received the Aaronic priesthood. Then let's see what else happened. Um began attending regularly, passing sacrament, things like that. In December, I got my patriarchal blessing. Okay. Let's see what else. Oh, and in February, I started teaching a class at Institute, six-week class at Institute. And, okay, go ahead, go ahead. We'll get the details. Go ahead. And in May, I received the Melchizedek Priesthood. <laughs> Congratulations. And then that was in May. Okay. Well, I mean, we're already halfway through June. Uh, what's... Yeah. what's uh, you know, are you taking a break or I'm I'm just kidding, just because your life's crazy. <laughs> okay. Okay, there's a lot to talk about there. All right. First yeah. of all, December. Talk to us. What made you want to get your patriarchal blessing? How did you even know about patriarchal blessings? I mean, it's really not something that that we that I feel like that's a that is a underutilized tool and opportunity in the church. Yeah, the missionaries told me about it. They said, um, this is like, they didn't say it this way, but it's the way I took it. They said, basically, it's like the, one of the rites of passage okay. of members. And um, they started talking to me about it. And I was like, well, hey, when when do you think I should get it? They said, you can get it anytime. So I just met with my bishop. And he said, um, just like the basic things you have to do. And then I met with my, it's interesting, I met with, my ward's patriarch or state patriarch he had an interesting story too because i asked uh, i asked everyone who's in the church how long how long their family was in the church or if they're like a convert or whatever his family was in the church since its inception and his family were bodyguards for joseph smith really yeah wow wow that's pretty cool okay yeah. so so you meet with the patriarch. Um, 
did you do any type of pre-work or anything? Did you there? I know there are a number of books out there that sometimes people like to read. What made you feel like you were prepared to receive your patriarchal blessing? It just felt right. It just felt like it was the time. I went through some of the materials that um, that the missionaries gave me to look at. Okay. Well, that's fantastic for just following the prompting of the spirit. Uh, so how, how did it go? It went really, we had to reschedule because things with COVID, but, um, I got it at like December, like, like right before he was leaving for Christmas on vacation. It was like December 21st or something. So I got it done. And a lot of the things that were in my patriarchal blessing were things that like I was having dreams about. It was really prophetic. For yeah. Me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, obviously the things in the in those blessings are very sacred and personal. And so I certainly yeah. want to ask about the details, but it sounds like it was a positive experience for you and and really something that um helped you feel closer to the savior. Is that fair to say? Oh yeah, definitely. Good, good. Well, I'm glad you had that opportunity. Um, okay, so then fast forward two months later, you start teaching an institute class. Yeah. Tell tell us about that. Okay. Um there's a guy who works at Institute. Okay, most of the people who really work at Institute really are like volunteer workers. Mm -hmm. But because he has a he has a degree in um like religious education from BYU, he is paid because he basically uh, facilitates everything that goes on there. Uh, um, and he does this like all over the country, like goes to institutes and like helps to set up courses and then moves on. Um, and I he he was basically asking one of the, I think the class was eternal families or something like that, or it was based on Jesus, which be any class um <laughs> and he, he asked the class uh, um that they were looking for like um new things to teach um some of the things that are taught at institute are just wild i mean like there's classes on things that aren't even like part of the gospel like learning the love languages which i have to do with jesus um but no um i said well it'd be interesting if someone would teach some like horror class because a lot of people don't know much about the old testament he was like, would you like to teach it? <laughs> I was like, sure, okay. <laughs> okay, so then you taught this. You said it was a six-week institute class. It was a six-week institute class, yeah. What did you do to prepare for it? Um, I decided what, because he thought when I said tour class, I meant like I was going to spend like an hour each week teaching like the individual books. But what I wanted to do, which is what I did, was just teach the basic truths of the Torah that we continue to teach. Because okay. in a lot in mainline Christianity, and because um, I, I was familiar with that, um, there's this um, idea that we keep none of the Old Testament. There's an idea that we keep none of the Old Testament? That we don't keep any of the, the Torah laws, but I mean... We don't have, we don't get tattoos. We don't get piercings. We don't. There's a lot of things in there that we don't do. Um, right. That 
that Paul doesn't, that Paul actually takes from the, the law of the Torah for like, um, I think it's in Romans or Corinthians where he's talking about um, witchcraft and things like that. And you can find like laws in the Torah against that too. Right, right. Yeah, there's a ton of overlap. Yeah. Okay, so how uh, how many people attended the class? It depended on each week. It was like, um, I think the biggest was like six to eight. Okay. Yeah. So a really tight, intimate group. You could have a lot of good discussions there. Yeah. Uh, any feedback from it? Um. I'm not sure. Um, there was, I think for the last class, there's some feedback because one of the um, state high council came to um, the class. Okay. Yeah, and I, tying things up, I wanted to talk about the three Abrahamic religions and like overlap there. And um, he, he had a lot of opinions because he had friends who were Jewish and Muslim. Yes. Yeah, and um, he, he ended up liking the class, so. Oh, good. I when someone from the high council likes your class. <laughs> yeah, kind of a wipe your brow. Oh, thank goodness. I'm not getting it called into the state president's office. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Fantastic. Now, um, the curriculum for the class, did you write it 100%? I took from multiple sources. I took, the, I took from like a lot of sources. I did it by PowerPoint. But I took from the Old Testament from the Bible. I took from the Book of Mormon. I took from the Babylonian Talmud. I took from the writings of Rashi. I, I have a lot of sources. Was there something that as you were studying, you thought, man, I just, I wish that more people from the church understood this? <laughs> there was. Um, one point, I wouldn't say, what would I say? There were things that I discovered about the church um, more as I did research for like certain topics that I was doing. Like, okay, this is probably a controversial thing to say, but there is this, there was this guy who was in the church in like the 1800s. This gave a refresher course. The, the topic for that week was upon the um the ban on um cross-dressing in the um old testament and in the book of mormon and the doctrines of the prophets and i went through a history of what that was like and why there was a couple of members of the church in the 1800s who did it and they basically like refresher course is that in like the 1700s women weren't allowed to be in place so um when there were women in place it had to be a man dressed as a woman mm. yeah, distinguishing the uh, vaudeville from like current like drag type cross-dressing and sure. showing, and just talking about that and how that related to um what the laws in the old testament and our current laws um by the prophets are yeah yeah interesting yeah because i mean obviously back in shakespeare's day all yeah. actors were men so yeah <laughs> that's that's that'd be an interesting discussion to get into i didn't know that uh the torah touched that at all it, it does um i i can't cite the verse but it says um 
something along the lines that women should not dress in men's dress and vice versa. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, so fast forward now to May. And yeah. actually, let's fast forward to like April. Okay, yeah. What makes you want to be uh, ordained an elder to have the Melchizedek priesthood conferred upon you? Well, actually, um, I talked to the bishop in February. Okay. Because I figured he was going to be like, hey, I spoke to the sisters and they're like, um, we were talking about the Melchizedek priesthood. And I was like, oh, when do I want to talk to my bishop about that? Probably like June or July, right? Right before like, because what the brothers told me was like, you get your mouth out of the priesthood right like a couple of weeks before you're endowed. And that, um, so I thought that it would be because I was baptized in September, you get endowed right around that time um, and you're, after you're baptized. So I figured it'd be like August, September, I'd be um, given the mouth out of the priesthood. So they said, no, you can, um, you can talk to him about it. So I talked to him about it and he says, um, he, he wanted me to exercise my ironic priesthood duties a couple more months. So I talked to him in April and that's when he recommended me to he recommended me to the high council for yep, actually first he recommended me to the um the eldest forum presidency to speak about it too yeah yeah so your yeah. your bishop because uh ordination to the Melchizedek priesthood occur at the stake level the mm -hmm. stake oversees that so yeah it's probably in coordination with your elders quorum president yeah, the president discusses that with the high council. Yeah. So, okay. So your bishop uh, recommends the ordination. Yes. Elders quorum president gets involved. Stake president gets involved. Uh, mm -hmm. And then, when do you meet with the stake president? I, I actually I met with the bishop on Sunday. I met with the I met with the stake president. I think on Tuesday. Okay. And then, I'm not sure. I think it might have been the following Tuesday. It wasn't um, the next Tuesday. It was the following Tuesday. And then I got contacted by the High Council on like Friday. And they said, oh, when and where and who do you want to do this? And what did you think? What, what went through your mind at that point? My mind was, um, I'm going to wait until the day. So I, I'll be excited about it when I know it's happening. Yes. Yeah. Okay. But as soon as I said, who do you want to do it? I was like, yeah, this is happening. Wow. S same question as uh, for this as your patriarchal blessing. What did you do to prepare to receive the Melchizedek priesthood? Well, I, I first of all, I exercise more of my um, ironic priesthood duties, first of all, to prepare for that. Um, I just refresh myself on really what it was and i asked bishop a lot of questions i'm like okay it says, it says in the it's in the handbook um what basically the duties of the Melchizedek priesthood is i was like well how often um do priesthood holders exercise unclean spirits <laughs> he says yeah no not not very right right yeah. okay um who conferred the Melchizedek priesthood on you? Oh, it was um, it was a brother from. Oh, here's the funny part. 
He's in the high, um, he's in the high council. His name is Micah Smithson, um, but he's in another ward. So what he does, he, he attends, he attends our service, our elders forum, then he goes to his service and elders forum. Yes. So it's, it's basically like a five hour day for him when there's linger longer. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a commitment level for sure. Yeah. Um, so you can put it on me. It's funny because when I met him, he's like six feet six. He's really yes. cool. Um, when I first met him, I met him at a baptism for another war. The war he was in, I was, I was thinking, uh, this is probably the only time I'll ever, ever see him because he's not in my ward. And about six to eight months later, he's, he's a priest. So I thought it was <laughs> pretty funny. That's great. That's a great story. So how has that changed your life? I mean, what has that done for you? Um, I had planned originally on going to the temple within like the week of, but the person I would, because can you go to the temple by yourself? Because I know you have to have someone baptize you. So it's usually multiple people going, right? Yeah, well, and I mean, even when you go to the temple for baptisms, the temple has baptizers. And so okay. no, you don't need to go with somebody. Your first time, though, it's good to have, it's it's nice to have an escort. Just yeah. somebody kind of knows what's going on and can sit next to you and kind of point things out and, and things like that. It is not mandatory. You can go by yourself. Right. For sure. But it it's probably a more comfortable experience to go with somebody. Yeah, yeah, especially since the friend I go with always buys me lunch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well then, for sure. <laughs> I'm still coordinating the time to, um, I was supposed to go, I think it was like the last week of May, but then my friend got sick and um, he's going out of town. So we're still coordinating a time to go. So I look forward to that. And I am also attending right now um as i am preparing for endowment i mean in the next few months um attending a temple prep class good good man that is so exciting i am so happy for you um juxtapose your life now as opposed to where it was a year ago or months ago what's the biggest thing that stands out to you um, honestly, a year ago, <laughs> not sure if I shared this last time, but a year ago, right, right before I started studying more and meeting with the, um, with the missionaries, um, that was when I first met with them was July, I think July 29th, July 30th. So like end of July, which was almost a year ago, um, but like months preceding that, <laughs> I was drinking a lot. Okay. Like, not like, oh, drinking a beer. I mean, like, there's this one night I went out. And I had the equivalent of six shots. I had a shot at home. I had that seven. I had uh, three Guinnesses, that's Irish beer. And then I had a martini. And then I went home and I could barely see a person standing two feet in front of me. Yeah. Yeah. So there's definitely been a significant change. Yeah, definitely. Has it been worth it? Oh, definitely, yeah. Good, good. Um, how's your ward through all of this? 
I'm actually switch forward. <laughs> I was originally I wasn't a I wasn't an official member, but I I originally attended um a home ward. Okay. Then I attended um Painted Mountain, which was my former YSA ward. And yeah. now I attend Canyon Lake, which is my current ward. The funny thing is, um both of the wards are within the same building. So right. Right. Because we attended a um an institute. That's where we attend um my services. Yeah. Oh man. Well, I mean, what a journey. Who would have thought? can go back a year who would have thought you'd be right here right now that's very exciting anything you'd like to share in closing there's just so much um i just say there's no other church like this really in the world and um it's just i probably should say this um in my job i work with a lot of people i'm one of the people i'm working with um the member of the church um and and he fell away and i'm popping him i'm saying hey why don't you you live by red mountain institute why don't you come there a couple times so that's odd because the sister says that we want you to uh set a date and by that date you'll at least minister to one person yeah and I was like, I'm never gonna make that day then. I think I find it in. There you go. Um when you make a commitment like that, it seems like every time the Lord helps you follow through it. And obviously everybody has their agency, but mm-hmm, yeah. the Lord helps you fulfill commitments that you make to him to do his work. So that's exciting. Um, well, thank you so much for taking some time here out of your busy schedule to just kind of give us an update on what, what life has been like for you. It's been an exciting six months, and I think that the next six months will also be just amazing. I mean, going through the temple for the first time, receiving your endowment, that's, yeah. that's an eternal day. Uh, every day is eternal, but some are more eternal mm-hmm. than others. So... I'm excited for you. Thanks so much for reaching back out. Of course.